still just in my head no matter what. Yeah. Um, like, oh gosh. Um, well, hello everybody. This is Henry. And, and, uh, and this is Grant. Hello. Hello. How are you, Grant? Um, I am doing well. There's too much pollen in the air. So that's, <sighs> that's the main, so I'm medicated. Okay. Um, Do you I'm, get really bad allergies usually? Well, I, I haven't, but I think in the past few years they've gotten worse. So I'm just like stuffy and I had a sore throat and it, I mean, it feels like the air is killing me. Damn. Um, so I feel better now. I feel feel way better. I um, I feel myself. I went to a used bookstore <laughs> today, okay. so I'm back. Okay, um, she's back. But that's okay. yeah, that's how I'm feeling. How about you? How are you feeling? I am good. I have uh, just been doing a lot of resting the past like couple of months, um, and then obviously things with work are starting to pick up with spring and whatnot, and so. This week's kind of just been all over the place, but other than that, I've just been having an active gay lifestyle, just working out. I was gonna, ask, <laughs> I was gonna I ask you, you so much. <laughs> I was gonna ask you how your active gay lifestyle. Yeah, we going. were we were um, for listeners. We were talking about. <laughs> I, um, it'd be so funny if you hadn't given context to that. <laughs> yes, we just move on. No, for listeners, we were talking in the group in the group text about um, how like people use the phrase active homosexual and like oftentimes our response is like, I mean, I should probably work out more actually. Um, so, but, but lately Henry and I have been killing it. Yeah. We've been working uh, out. Been We've been in this very active. I'm so in that what... precise sense, mm-hmm. we are active homosexuals. Yes. When you see Grant Knight revoice this year, we're going to be just thirst traps. We're going to be snatched. Okay. I'll bring my mesh. Oh, yes, mesh. I'm doing crop tops this year. Nothing but. like Two buttons on the button down, maximum. Maximum. Oh, I, I do three. I don't even start. I don't. You know me. I just start here, okay? I'll start at the breast, like my nipples. I'm so glad we don't do this video anymore, y'all. I was just rubbing my nipples. I'm so glad we did not have this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Jesus, well. be offense. Um, <laughs> On that note, uh, <laughs> nipples, um, <laughs> oh, do you want to move into this uh, week's topic? Yes, yes. This week, um, I'm honestly a little bit at a loss for, for what to say, so we'll just see what okay. what we talk about. But we're talking about um, reclaiming masculinity. Yes, reclaiming masculinity. Reclaiming reclaiming series so. so mask for mask yes yep that's us <laughs> <laughs> you know oh it <laughs> i like do you grant do you ever listen back to these episodes because i usually don't and then people will like text me or say something online about like oh my gosh when grant or henry said this i'm like what are they talking about yeah <laughs> i'm just like no yeah sometimes i co- i completely forget what i yes. say and yeah, future me is going to be maybe slightly horrified. Who knows? Yes. We'll like, see. Why does Henry talk about nipples? But, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I have to send you this TikTok. <laughs> Speak enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, edit that out. No. It's like, no. <laughs> it's about this woman that thought her male dog, like his nipples were like ticks. So she kept trying to pull her dog's <laughs> oh, nipples no. out. And then she, the vet tech is like, those are your Stop dog's that. nipples. <laughs> And then she's like, but my dog can't have nipples. It's a boy. She's like, and then the vet tech says, ma'am, doesn't your husband have nipples? (laughs) Set me. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. Uh, When we, yeah, when this episode drops, okay, let's put that on the uh, Instagram page. Okay, so I'll have to share that story on there. Okay. Oh, my gosh. But no, in all seriousness, this is, I think, a topic that, Obviously, as people who are sexual and or gender minorities, um, this is something that we deal with a lot just in our spaces mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. terms of either what people think gender roles are, what femininity is, what masculinity is, and kind of what shapes and informs that, and just the different ways that's been weaponized or used against uh, men and women alike. Um, yeah. But we're talking about masculinity today, and obviously you and I are speaking from 
the male perspective. Um, yes. And so, yeah, let me just start by asking you, uh, what was kind of maybe your first awareness of like, oh, I am a boy or a man, I'm, I'm perceived this way, so therefore there are certain expectations of me. Mm. And what was your first awareness of that? Yeah, well, as a cis person, I've just always, I've always understood myself to be a, a man. So there mm-hmm. hasn't been like a sort of um, a conflict or incongruence between mm-hmm. like understanding myself as a man and being being male. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did realize pretty early on that what my culture what my context thought of as being a man was um, difficult or perhaps even impossible for me to achieve. It just wasn't natural for me. Um, so I grew up in a really small town in, in Northwest Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kind of, of sources for masculinity in that area were... Um, hunting, farming, um, sort of, uh, even emotional distance, Mm -hmm. um, being unbothered, Mm -hmm. uh, those sorts of things. And I mean, I was, I was a sense, I was and am a sensitive (laughs) and like artistic (laughs) (laughs) and unathletic. I would like, I was, um, I just, I didn't feel like that kind of masculinity was achievable for me. Um, I, luckily I had like, I had a little bit of a role model in, um, my dad is amazing. Like I love my dad. Um, but he, like, he was an English, English teacher. He, um, was well-read. He, he was emotionally honest and like those sorts of things, um, were really helpful for me, but I realized like, oh, he's kind of an outlier in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, that's the kind of background for, for my vision of, of masculinity. And so I think at certain points in my life, I've kind of rebelled against that vision. Like mm-hmm. part of me starting to paint my fingernails was like, no, I'm, I'm doing this not because I necessarily like it, although I did, mm-hmm. but I'm doing this to, to, as a way to fight against that kind of masculinity that felt so stifling mm-hmm. for me. But yeah, yeah that's me. Okay. Yeah. What I about think, you? Uh, Grant. Yeah. For me, mine was very similar. Um, I kind of was never something that was like, Oh, that's different. I was like, okay, I'm a boy. Kind of felt that. Let's do it. Um, but I remember like growing up, so I was uh, born in Kenya. And so I lived um, in Kenya which is a very, uh-huh, and to like almost just like men are supposed to be this and this. And I grew up on a farm kind of. So people were like, yeah, all the boys were out working in the farm and whatever and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then I even remember like my dad worked on cars when we were growing up. And it's a skill set I have now for sure. So I'm grateful for it. Oh, like, yes, I can take your engine oh apart and put it back together in like two days. Oh my gosh, you are butch. Yes, I'm telling you, we don't need Beck in this episode. <laughs> I got it. Yes. Yeah, I do like very traditionally masculine things and it always surprises people. But, mm-hmm. um, but like I would hate, like I'd rather be inside doing something. My dad would be like, you need to be outside because that's what men do and this and this. And I'm just like, Okay, like, what if this man wants to go lay down and watch TV? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Like, what if I want to go draw or something? And I'm terrible at drawing, so I don't want to do that. Yeah. But, um, and so it was just kind of, like, ingrained in this unspoken understanding of, like, all right, if you're a boy or you're a man, you're supposed to do this and not do that. And so I kind of grew up with very rigid understanding of what masculinity is. And, like, I mean, I remember one time, and I'm jumping ahead here, but, like, um, like something is like truly like oh Africans are so oh my gosh but like the men just don't anyways, but um, I remember the first time I saw my dad cooking, I literally I think I was fourteen and I thought my mom had died because I was just like <laughs> oh. literally I was like why is my yes I was like why is my dad cooking because like it was like men were not cooking men were not in African culture oh, wow. men were not in the kitchen oh not at all and so um. To where I remember, like, when I kind of started following my mom around the kitchen and learning how to cook. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a chef for a living. Um, 
but my mom would like be embarrassed like whenever we'd go to people's houses or stuff like that and i would just be in the kitchen cooking something or making something like oh like i'm a guest like let me make this traditional kenyan dish or something my mom would be like your sister needs to be in there doing it not you and my sister doesn't really cook she doesn't enjoy cooking Mm -hmm. and uh, like it would be this embarrassing thing for like my mom and my dad that oh henry's in the kitchen with a woman cooking uh and now it's like how henry pays his bills so yeah okay yeah i think that's pretty masculine to me paying my bills (laughs) (laughs) okay and his ghetto paying these bills lord (laughs) yeah that's a masculine trait i don't want it okay (laughs) yeah i want someone to pay my bills anyway um Side be sugar daddies any anybody out there? Oh my but, goodness! Um, All right, <laughs> but yeah, and so I think, and there's even like just in the in to keep up with the theme of like what I observed growing up. There's still things that like I can see a man do, and my first instinct is like, oh, a man shouldn't be doing that, or that's not masculine. And it's like, huh. why does it matter? Um, but it's interesting how like it's interesting how from a young age these ideas of masculinity are ingrained in us to where, like, I'm 33 now and there's certain things I'm just like, oh, or even if I do them, like, is someone going to think I'm not masculine enough because I did this? Similar mm-hmm. to what you were saying about painting your nails. I think I painted my nails for the first time maybe, like, oh, it was, oh my gosh, it was, like, right before my coma. So, I like, I got a pedicure or a manicure and pedicure. And then I, like, my accident happened. And then so I woke up and all the nurses were like, where did you get your nails done and stuff like that? And I had no idea because my short-term memory was wiped. But, like, I remember... Fe- <laughs> it's like, I remember feeling so embarrassed. Like, in the hospital, it's like, oh, my gosh, everybody, like, has seen my painted nails. They're going to think, like, I'm, like, not masculine enough as I'm already, like, in this hospital bed being weak. Like, it was so... Yeah. And I was like, Henry, where did that idea come from? It's like, oh, this, like, oh, my yeah. gosh, if a man's in the hospital and his nails are painted, like, he has to be, like, super whatever and now i'm just like i don't care <laughs> but yeah um yeah that's it the nail painting thing took me forever because like when i first did it i was like okay you know what i'm gonna do this as a kind of rebelling thing and then i was like oh this actually isn't for me but i like that i can do it and doesn't mean that i'm any less of a man but have you had things like that where you're like maybe afraid to try something because you how other people would view your masculinity or yeah i mean i think um, I've, I feel like I've m- mostly gotten over that. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while, something surprises me. Um, yeah, like I, I think when I, when I go to like a discount store, like a TJ Maxx or a Marshalls or something, and I, um, am in the, like the, um, like the nail section or like the the skincare section, I just feel sometimes very conscious that like I have a beard, mm-hmm. <laughs> and oftentimes I dress um, I dress maybe not like I mean if you see me you wouldn't say like oh he's super butch but like well maybe you would if you didn't hear me talk because uh, <laughs> like I got I have a nose ring I have a beard I have a bald head I wear like denim jackets and hoodies and you know like and i'm sometimes conscious of like oh if if women are around me Mm -hmm. and seeing me like i worry sometimes that like they're going to think something of me or they're going to they're not going to feel comfortable shopping or um something like that so Mm -hmm. yeah something some things like that happen but i feel like i'm mostly past the trying to prove how how masculine i am Um, Yeah. But. What do you think are some of the messaging we get um, from culture about masculinity? Um, I think there's, there's positives and negatives. I think one of the things that's a really high priority for masculinity is competence. Mm -hmm. So so much that like if you feel incompetent you feel like you are less of a, a man i mean that's the kind of language we use sometimes mm-hmm. um so like if you don't know how to fix a car like i don't know how to fix a car i the first time i i changed a tire yeah um was like 
up two months ago. Oh, really? Okay. I know, I know, and I felt like, but it's it's weird. Like I felt like, oh my gosh, I am a man, but that's ridiculous. Like, yeah, you don't. I don't. You don't. Like have you to. don't have to change a tire in order to be a man, but like. If you don't know how to change a tire, like culture is kind of like, oh, well, what kind of man doesn't know how to change a tire? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Whenever I go to um, ty- like car stores, <laughs> I don't know if the right the right word for this, but like tire uh, shops, an, an auto zone. Yes. A tire oh, yeah. shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I walk in and I'm like, "Ooh, they they saw me coming. They know I don't know anything. They they think less of me. They're going to take advantage like. I don't even mm-hmm. know what I'm looking for. Like, yeah. I I brought in a battery for my car because I changed a battery. That was uh, that was a similar time. I changed. I think it was a couple months okay. ago. I changed my battery, um, and I walked in and I said, <laughs> "I just felt so stupid and so like, and and I didn't feel masculine because I was like, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. I think this battery is dead. I think I have to change it." Can you check that for me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, test the battery, girl. I love it. Okay. So competence, but also um, this sort of extends to emotions too, but like being so in control of your emotions mm-hmm. that you don't, you don't feel anything that, that influence, you don't, you don't feel influenced by emotions. So mm-hmm. I think that's, those are the two, the two main things that I, I received was like you have to be competent and you have to be emotionless and that is yeah that's masculinity yeah I think um that would probably be very similar in some of the things I saw or heard um just kind of message to me growing up or just culture around us at large a uh, one that kind of maybe I'm like traditional I guess in the sense of like men being the provider for a household and stuff like that oh, yeah. and being their protector. Um, and it's interesting that I do, like even just as I'm drawn to people I'm drawn to in friendship, like men that I'm drawn to in friendship or otherwise, well, not mm-hmm. otherwise, it's no, anyways, I was like, let me not say nothing crazy here. But uh, <laughs> okay, I was like, ooh, Henry, what you out here looking for, girl? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, edit that no, out <laughs> I, no wonder these folks don't take us seriously <laughs> or me seriously <laughs> can you imagine having this conversation with Beth Moore <laughs> nah nah Beth <laughs> nah Auntie Beth <laughs> okay, I feel like Auntie would be down for the conversation <laughs> Beth Beth Moore, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Yes. Uh, come we, on, Auntie. We, we know you've gone through a lot of reclaiming yourself. Yes. True. So we would love to talk with you. Please yes. join us anyway. Oh, my gosh. Love that. Okay. Look at you getting that plug in. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> when you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Okay, Grant. <laughs> Send this but, clip to Beth Moore, everybody. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Oh my God. I'll probably take it out and just put it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, but, gosh. Um, no. <clears throat> just, yeah, some, the idea of men being providers and protectors and, like, what I'm drawn to in men are men that I feel like, like my best friend John, I feel extremely safe around him. Mm. Um, and he, I mean, like, and or my friend Todd, for example, he is literally just a protector, like, of everybody around him. And I think that's a biblical trait, and I think that's a positive masculine trait. It doesn't mean that, like, if you're not, like, a... It doesn't mean you have to be, like, a buff guy that's fighting everybody off left and right to be a protector. It just means mm-hmm. you take care of the people around you and the things the Lord has entrusted you with. Um, and so that's a positive trait that I, w- I did see modeled. Um, and then the other side of that, like, the oh, men have to be super strong and this and that. I'm like, that ventures into toxic masculinity mm. a bit. And uh, I think we get that image from culture. Because, like, I think... So sometimes when I... Like, we were talking earlier about um, us being active homosexuals. Um, whenever <laughs> I go to the gym, <laughs> I'm just like, man, I feel like I should be lifting more or something. Or, like, I feel like people around me are looking at me thinking, oh, he's not super masculine because he's not lifting as much as I am or something. I'm like... 
nobody in this gym cares what I'm lifting or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the reality. But like our culture is conditioned us like, oh, if you're not benching 250, then you're not doing this. If you're not squatting 350, oh my God, that hurts my back just thinking about. But yeah. Um, and so that that's an area that like growing up was actually like hard for me to like, that I always felt less than was like working out or like physical, mm-hmm. like f- being in shape or whatever. Um, yeah. Physical strength. Yeah. And yeah. that's something that like took me probably till my mid to late twenties to really unpack to where like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's the same for me. I, um, a couple years ago, I started working at a gym mm-hmm. just at the front desk. Oh um, yeah, that's right. You sure was. And so for like a year and a half, I worked at the gym and I started to work out regularly, but like there was always this internal barrier. Like I'm so afraid that I'm going to seem stupid to people Mm -hmm. or that they're not going to take me seriously Mm -hmm. or I'm going to ask a dumb question. But eventually I just was like, I want to get stronger. Like I want to, I want to get fit. I'm going to ask these dumb questions. Yeah. And yes, I'm afraid I'm going to hurt myself if I do a deadlift. So I'm going to ask somebody to help me figure out the right form. Yes. Like it, it, it's weird how like this high or rather particular standard for masculinity actually prevents you from achieving the kinds of things that would be considered masculine mm-hmm. like it's so weird it it keeps it keeps me from doing things that i would like doing otherwise yeah and it keeps me trapped that's just like i don't like it anyway right like i've really fallen in love with working out like i had to get like uh I got like a personal trainer last year, just like one-on-one coaching to where I got comfortable with lifting. And then I was like, now yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'm in there. I don't care. But like, it took that for me to get over it. And it's like, yeah, because I didn't want to. Anyways, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> but yeah, Ooh, um, let's, let's change exchange workout routines. Let's yes, I would let's love talk that. about it. Okay. Yeah. I know Josh and Christian can give us some tips too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. They're oh, fitness so... gays. I love yes. fitness gays. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> me We're fitness too. gays now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. We are. Um, oh, my gosh. We're butch now. Yes. Well, not too butch. but um. <laughs> Soft butch. <laughs> yeah, soft butch. Okay. Because like I said last week or the, the first episode, I'm in my soft girl era right now. So <laughs> I don't want to do too much. Um, yeah. What are some ways you have seen... Uh, masculinity weaponized against others well i mean particularly like weaponized against people who aren't men (laughs) (laughs) right well just start right there girl unpack it yes (laughs) right like i think there's this like push for men to be on top Mm -hmm. um on top of the social pyramid I just started singing "Love on Top" in my I, head. Yeah, when I, you said that. I, I, you know, I could have, I could have seen that coming. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, ev- we've, as a society, in 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 the Western world, we've become very um, aware of the role that men have played. Mm-hmm. That's not always, not always, or even usually, well. Is sometimes not good. Yeah, it's not super beneficial sometimes. Um, the sort of like centering, centering ourselves as the the kind of person that the whole world revolves around, mm-hmm. and that just disrupts everyone's lives. <laughs> I don't know. Men are so you're saying men are disruptive. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's. That's what our vision of masculinity sort of pushes, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah, it's like this, like you got to dominate, like this dominant, like view of like, in order to, it's like this brute that's walking around, having to be on top of everything and dominating everything. And it's like, yeah, that's not, yeah, I think, I think, Oh, sorry. I th- oh, no. I think of like um, the the gay panic defenses um, in in um, American history, mm-hmm. where like presumably straight men 
would defend themselves in court for having attacked or killed a gay man yeah because they felt so threatened that like their their quote-unquote survival instinct Mm -hmm. kicked in and they lost control and killed this gay person and i think like part of it is like the their vision of masculinity is so easily um it so easily crumbles in the face Mm -hmm. of a gay person (laughs) and like there's this like we have to defend what it means to be a man because this there's this threat and the threat is like i don't know me (laughs) okay it's like really i'm the threat the threat is their own sexuality they the threat is their own sexual desires they don't want to deal with but that's another topic (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah the call is coming from inside the house Yeah, I don't know, but I interrupted. What were you gonna say? Uh, no, I was just gonna say um, culturally, just seeing masculinity weaponized. Um, like, I mean, you made a good point when you said weaponized against people who aren't men. Because um, I just think of uh, maybe let's even look at the. Ooh, I'd want to go here. Um, Mm-mm. Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, no, because I did not want to no. deal with Josh getting DM. So, no. Okay. So, anyways, yeah, so moving right on along. Um, well, I think the, the next, what we were going to talk about is, like, where does masculinity appear in the Bible? Or, yeah. Or, like, what, what aspects of masculinity are good and should be praised, like, in in the light of our faith, that sort of thing. Do you have thoughts yeah. on that? Yes, I do. I was actually uh, going through notes from, I found a letter or an email I'd sent a pastor of mine in 2019. And I'm just like, oh my God, I used to like this man. But anyway, it's very problematic <laughs> now. But like, <laughs> um, uh, so biblical masculinity is a topic that's always fascinated me because there was that uh, men's breakfast I went to in 2000 and. 19 and a very stereotypical six foot five good looking white pastor was up there speaking and he's like all right these are all the way like men like culture says what manhood is and this and this and this is what the bible says so he kind of went through it and then he just threw examples of like men who are godly men that the world might say are not super godly and so one of them was like one of our old worship leaders like he's super soft-spoken guy really humble just like not arrogant, just serves kind of in the background, doesn't really like like flashy mm. attention. It's like, oh, the Lord says this guy is a biblical man because he puts the things of God first. And we had read from First Timothy six eleven, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. And I just love how those are the traits that we're given, like people associate love and gentleness and steadfastness with maybe feminine or women more than do with men. But like the Lord says, these are biblical qualities that men should pursue. Yeah. Isn't that freeing when like you hear that like, oh, men pursue gentleness, pursue peace, pursue steadfastness, pursue godliness. Yeah. 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 I think so many of the, like, I mean, these are fruits of the spirit, Mm -hmm. right? why it's interesting how how some of those some of those fruits of the spirit are gendered as masculine and some are gendered as feminine mm-hmm. but they're presented for all believers yeah like um gentleness is a human trait and i i, I suppose i think it can be expressed perhaps in in masculine and feminine ways mm-hmm. Um, I know that when I see a man who who expresses gentleness, I think he is like he becomes more of a man. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's like, why do you think woman... we love? Mm-hmm. What's that? And when, no, well, so when why I do see you think? A... Yeah, why do you think we love like when men play with puppies? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then again, like I also think. 
I wonder if there's ways that, I mean, I'm very comfortable with the idea that I could express um, some of these fruits of the spirit in a, in a kind of feminine way. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's probably right. I don't know. I, it's, yeah, I don't know how gender really plays into that, but I know that I, I can be sort of feminine in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine, actually. I think yeah. maybe there's some miscommunication about what it means to be masculine or what it means to be feminine. Because some yeah. would say, like, if you're a man, everything you do is masculine. If you're a yeah. woman, everything you do is feminine. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like, I think maybe masculinity and femininity are more cultural than that. Yeah. And I think there's there's some flexibility there. Yeah. I don't know. I have this... Um, well, he's not my friend, but someone in my life um, that he said when, when you said things can be cultural, he thinks texting is like a feminine thing. He's like, men don't text. What? <laughs> I know. I know. He needs help. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yes. Like, he's like, you got me texting on the phone like a B word. He's like, only bitches do that. I, men don't text. <laughs> How? How sad. I know. <laughs> okay, you don't want to get a little emoji on your phone? Okay. <laughs> okay. Fine. I don't know what made me think of that. I just switched gears. Sorry. We- weird hill to die on. But right? You can oh, die, okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this is the same person that told me that I picked up being gay in America. Gay is not a Kenyan thing. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> yes. Okay. So this is, that's how those so, person's views are formed. So this so. is a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yes, yeah. girl. He was willing well, to die on many hills. I do think it's interesting, like, uh, in the way that the, the Bible sometimes plays with gender mm-hmm. is really interesting. So um, if we think of, like, the the armor of God... For mm-hmm. instance, like when when the armor of God is presented, it's presented to a mixed audience, mm-hmm. um, a church community, mm-hmm. and it is advocating that everyone in this church community put on a very specifically male uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, there were no women who wore armor. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. N- that just wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um I mean I'm sure at some corner some corner of the ancient world there was. Yeah. Um but like in this specific milieu that this was a very specifically masculine yeah. uniform. And so so the armor of God is saying like be be masculine in these ways. Mm-hmm. Or like put on put on these character traits, these these tools and using a very masculine image, mm-hmm. but, but it's like, but, but women are doing that. Mm-hmm. Non-men are, are putting on the armor of God. So I think yes. like that's kind of, kind of interesting how Ooh, like yes. it's, it's gendered, but like, it's also not gendered. Yeah. Or I think of all the times, like when scripture talks about, the bride of Christ. Uh, you beat me to it. Yes. I was just thinking yeah. about Ephesians. It's like, yeah, you and I, we're the bride. Like the church is the bride of Christ. Men yeah. belong to the church. We are the bride of Christ. It's like a very feminine role, obviously. Um, but men fall under that umbrella too, as the church is Christ's bride. And I love how you're right. The Lord does the scripture and the God uses those different things to still call us all to full submission, uh, regardless of those masculine or feminine attribute or things that are yeah. only attributed to masculinity or femininity so yeah um and uh, i was gonna say something else about that um i was going somewhere else in ephesians um i think that i mean there are certain things that are because like if you if we're in that passage in ephesians i think it's ephesians 5 um are you looking at the computer? Are you are you going? No, I'm talking. Go, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to. Your mind. I'm trying to go to the depths of my mind. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, was like, I was 
like, I guess I have, I'm at my desk, so I guess I have a Bible. <laughs> I was like, Henry's quiet. What is yeah, happening? No. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm trying to like picture the verse, but yeah. um, I lost my train of thought. But yes, anyways, I think back to what you were saying. That's a good point about the different traits that could be attributed to either masculine or femininity, but it covers both like women are putting on the breastplate uh, and the full armor of God. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I've always liked that imagery. So, um, yeah, it's, it's what actually weirdly it didn't connect with me growing up Yeah, because I was like, Oh, this is a very manly, like, I don't want to, um, I don't want to be a soldier. You know, yeah. I don't know if this is, this isn't going to work for me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like all the, all the kids, all the guys my age were like, the armor of God. Yeah. yeah. The sword of the spirit. Yeah. I was like, hmm. I'm a soldier a, in the Lord's army. How about a baton of the spirit? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not a baton. Okay. Okay, girl, get some flags in here. Okay. Um. <laughs> The, the corset of righteousness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Grant. Oh, I also love that Josh has gone for a Beth Moore bit, so he's going to have to hear that later. Yes. Oh, gosh. Um, but what was I? Oh, dang it. That made me lose my... <laughs> now I'm thinking about a baton. <laughs> but uh, another thing that, um, like you said, you were and are a sensitive man, like boy and man. And I am a very sensitive, not very, but I'm a sensitive person. And then I'm someone who cries a lot. I do cry. I enjoy crying. I think it's good. Like, I was weeping on my couch last night just listening to this beautiful song. Um, And a lot of whenever people say, men don't cry, I've always hated that. And I have a friend, John Matt, I can call him out because, like, I roll my eyes at him every time he says this. He can't remember the last time he cried. I was like, that's not a good thing. I was like, go get therapy. (laughs) Go... Watch yes. a watch a movie. Yeah, like <laughs> like, his, yeah. They're like, oh yeah, he'll like try to watch a movie to make himself cry, and he can't. I'm like, you have some things you need to deal with. Yeah, now I'm gonna have to tell him I talked about this, but I will. And so, but um, it was they mentioned last week at church about um Jesus weeping, and obviously uh, yeah. we're we're recording yeah. this in Holy Week right now. It's Good Friday, but um, even though Jesus knew that Lazarus was gonna he was going to raise Lazarus. Like he knew the finished work. He knew the story Mm -hmm. and he still in his humanness and in his masculinity wept. And if God does that, that gives us the freedom to fully experience the range of our emotions, Mm -hmm. the way that God created us and created them. So I've always found a lot of freedom. And when I think about the personhood of Christ, who was fully God and fully man. And he, enjoyed life and he let himself experience our humanness and our emotions and our depth and our despair. I mean, when he was in the garden, um, Jesus was anxious to the point of sweating blood. If Jesus, God himself, experienced anxiousness, a human condition that sometimes people like, oh, being anxious makes you weak or being scared makes you weak. Um, our savior was anxious. Our savior yeah. was scared. There's strength in that. There's not weakness in that. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's interesting that the, some of the things that appeal about scripture and how scripture presents uh, masculinity or the virtues of men I think some of those things really stick out to gay men in a particular way mm. because I mean if you're if you're looking for an expert on masculinity a a gay man might be a good option you know mm-hmm. because like not only are gay men men <laughs> yeah. but like often attracted to like a kind of masculinity in the world. They can see the beauty of masculinity mm-hmm. in in like a visceral way mm-hmm. that, that even straight men don't necessarily experience. Mm-hmm. And so what like when I read those passages of scripture where Jesus expresses tenderness or mm-hmm. gentleness or or patience and kindness, I think, oh gosh, that's so beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't have to like reconcile it to this vision of masculinity that's sort of stoic. Like, because this is the kind of masculinity that I love as a gay man. <laughs> this, yes. is, this is the gentle, the gentle, tender, sensitive masculinity. But yes, that's a really good point about like, as gay men, we are drawn to masculinity's unique ways that we can uh, give an account for that maybe other people can't. That's a good point. Because like, as I think about the things I'm drawn to in other men or other people, like, yeah, those are the traits, like tenderness and gentleness and patience. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm attracted to like competence and, and mm-hmm. strength and those things as well. And I think, yeah. I think that's good, but... Um... Yeah, I, I wonder I wonder if gay men might be a way that God is seeking to recover a, a, a healthy vision of what masculinity is. But like so often we're seen as as not men, as mm-hmm. as not fully men, not truly men. We don't measure up to these standards yeah. of masculinity. But like a subcategory of men. Yeah, yeah. Like we've we've failed at being yeah. a man. But I think it might actually be a strength, not a, mm. not a weakness. And that's because they associate gayness with femininity or being less than, which therefore means implies that they think women are less than. Yeah. And it's like, hello, follow yeah, your yeah, own yeah. thought. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, who's doing the episode on femininity? Okay, let's unpack that for them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not be those kinds of men who then, who, who have... Thoughts on everything. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, Lord, toxic girl. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Grant, now we're gonna hold a seminar. Okay. Oh gosh. I I also wonder this this thought I've been toying with for the past several years, but it's always so difficult to define what masculinity and femininity are, mm-hmm. um, because the moment you do, you'll find exceptions. Like to be, to be masculine means to be competent. Well, I mean, there are very masculine men who are very open about their incompetencies and that's a kind of strength too, you know, Mm -hmm. um, or to be masculine is to be emotionless, but that's clearly not true because some of the, some of the like most masculine people I know are also very emotional. Yes. So I really think that maybe masculinity and femininity are two sort of players in a conversation Mm -hmm. that is happening throughout the years. And what is more important than the the unique traits to each of them is the conversation between them. Mm -hmm. So how does masculinity relate to femininity is more of the guiding question than what is masculinity? Um, Yeah. So I think, my masculinity is shaped by how I relate to women. I think that's like an important, an important dynamic at work. And I and that. femininity is is in relation. I think this is this is much more common to recognize. But femininity is shaped in response to masculinity. Uh, and I don't want to take that too far. Femininity mm-hmm. has its own things and it doesn't rely upon men for its own definition. But yeah. But I mean, I think maybe both masculinity and femininity do, to a certain extent, rely upon the other for their own definition. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. What do you think? This is, I'm just toying with this. No, what, I think that. Think? Yeah, you're on to something there. Okay, I mean, you're the one in school, girl. Okay, oh, I'm, I'm not in learning. school for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning for me. That was good. Okay, girl. That was as I call you, girl. Talking. About. <laughs> you know, I think. Um, um, I don't know, uh, our friend Timon, I think Timon mm-hmm. was, uh, was someone who, who mentioned this thought to me several years ago and I've just been like figuring it out, like working with it in my head for, for a while. So shout out to, shout out to Timon. Timon. Um, thank okay. you so much. Friend of the show. We love him. Yes. Um, what else about masculinity that I think would be good to touch on what would you like to see change about masculinity i think what you said earlier just a second ago about like men being emotion like emotionally available men i would like to see more men like step into their emotions it's like 
it's okay, please be accessible, like access them. Be It's like, mm-hmm. it is a gift and a blessing when people are emotionally available and accessible because when you're not, it is a burden for those in your life. I promise you, if you're not emotionally available, man, like, please know that you are a burden to people and like, do something about it. Like, I would love <laughs> to see that. Like, I have, I please can't miss it. Please know that you are a burden to people. <laughs> yes. Yes. I could not, I should put that on a shirt. Please know that you are. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yes, I stand by that one. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think um, a, a way that I've been really challenged by positive expressions of masculinity in my life is to be a protector or um, someone who defends um, the defenseless, the powerless. Mm-hmm. And I think that can so often be conflated with the right to be the one to defend rather than mm, the responsibility mm. to defend. That's a good distinction. So like, I think a, a toxic version of masculinity is like, you shouldn't be defending yourself. I will do it. Yes. Like you, like it, it's sort of, it's sort of anti-autonomy for, mm. for non-men. Like, no, you don't defend yourself. That's my job. Mm-hmm. But I think in reality, a positive vision of masculinity would be like, you can you can truly defend yourself, or or if you can't, like either way, mm-hmm. I'm here. Like, what can I do? Um, and I think that would be that's a, a a kind of positive masculinity that I really appreciate, and I'd be really challenged by. Yeah, you know, this might not be the conversation for this, but I'm always interested in how this cultural idea of masculinity has relationship with white savior complex Mm. because I think whiteness is created from a male standpoint of white men and then thereby whenever, so even with just white Christians, like whenever they go into these areas or whatever, they're like, all right, I'm going to defend or I'm going to speak for you. I know what's better for you. I'm going to save you from this. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. so the relationship between masculinity um, or unhealthy masculinity and white savior complex is always very interesting to me. So no, that's true. I think yeah. I think there's a similar a similar dynamic at play, like mm-hmm. swooping in and saying like, "I know what to do to fix this, yeah. and I'm gonna do it." Don't talk yeah. to me. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I will take care of you. Yeah, don't talk to me because I don't understand your language anyway, so and I don't care to learn. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, that's another thing. Um, any other thoughts you may have? Um, no, I, mean, I think my head's kind of empty, to be honest. I, I just feel like I, yeah. I let it all out. I mean, there's probably more to say, but... Like I said earlier, I think on the, the beginning, something that I'm really like loving is like, maybe because I didn't do it as much as I wanted to in college, I didn't do it. I wanted to wear crop tops when I was in college, like in the summertime, but I never did. And so now, like, I am going to be, and I'm, that's really the reason I'm an active homosexual right now in the gym, is just so I can <laughs> wear crop tops. And I'm about to be, <laughs> I know, out of context, literally, we would be getting dragged. Getting dragged. They kept talking about how they're active homosexuals. But, um, oh my gosh, Josh, why do you have me on this show? <laughs> But no, like, and it's like, cause I mean, in the eighties, these men were wearing the shortest shorts and the crop tops. Nothing had yeah. a problem then. Now all of a sudden, it's not masculine to wear short shorts and crop tops. No, I'm reclaiming that. I'm reclaiming yes. crop tops. We so. <laughs> that's it. Reclaiming masculinity. The crop yes. tops specifically. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mask for mask. Yes. Oh my gosh. Return. Return to tradition. <laughs> Jesus wore a dress. I'm doing it too. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, just flowing robes and garments. Okay. Can you imagine the twirl that Jesus would have done? Oh my God. (laughs) I did not just say that. I did not just say that. Woo. I'm so glad. (laughs) I thank God for edit buttons. Grant, it was fun hosting with you. I haven't done one with you in a while. No, I, yeah, this was really good. It's good to talk with you. And I think we, 
I think we said everything. We we did what needed to be done. Yeah, That's, we did what needed to be. We said it. I mean, I know we could. This is a topic that we could just go down rabbit holes, but absolutely. And honestly, we would love some some more thoughts. If you got yeah. any thoughts, um, send in an Instagram a message to <laughs> Life Inside B and let us know your thoughts on masculinity. You can also tweet at me, but currently my Twitter has been hacked uh, no. by a, a Lithuanian crypto bro. No. <laughs> so. No. So, um, in a couple weeks, maybe. <laughs> Is crypto a part of queer treasure? Um, hmm, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Also, that sent me whoever said Beth Moore, an <laughs> icon of masculinity. <laughs> oh gosh. It sounds like I'm laughing alone, but Grant's laughing. He's just coughing. His mic's weird. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. This is, probably does sound a little a little wild, but I've just been hacking up, hacking up the storm. So, okay. anyway.